So researchers found that the acupuncture system is a DC current system, which then has a magnetic component to it. But because it's electrical, you put a magnetic field over top of it, it's going to stimulate that point, that point and the whole meridian. So with magnetic fields, the goal is not to just remove your symptoms, but the goal is to rebalance the body and to heal the tissues. That's Dr. Robert Pollack, and he is a holistic doctor who's the foremost authority in the world on pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. He is trained in acupuncture, homeopathy, hypnosis, and body work. You'd be hard pressed to find anyone on the planet who knows more about PEMF than Dr. Pollock. He's written books about it. He's done tons and tons of research and he's seen tons of clients to help them with a myriad of issues, diseases, cancer, headaches, stress, I mean, broken bones, the whole thing. Fascinating person. And in this episode, we dive deep into PEMF. We ask the question, what's the difference between PEMF and EMF? We talk about how acupuncture meridians all around the body can be activated and respond to the magnetic field therapy. We talk about the different ailments that can be helped through PEMF. This is a really, really deep dive into what I believe and what he believes is not only the present, but the future of medicine. Instead of taking a pill to suppress a symptom for eight hours, PEMF can be used to alleviate so many different ailments that people experience. Energy medicine is really the future and it's here now. We talk about his new book, Supercharge Your Health with PEMF Therapy. This is such a fascinating conversation. He speaks very clearly, very quickly, and we cover a wide, wide range of topics. I know that you're going to enjoy this conversation. I learned a lot, and I know that you will too. Even if you know a thing or two about PEMF, uh, you're going to learn a whole lot more today. I encourage everyone to go to the show notes for this episode to click through to do a couple of things. Number one, to look at the 80 conditions that PEMF can help. Also, get on the pre-order list for the book. And if this is something that you think that you might want to do, actually engage with Dr. Pollock on something that you're working through, get on his list for a consultation. And also, if you go to drpollock.com, that's Dr. P-A-W-L-U-K, you can look at some of the devices that are available. They're not cheap, but man, oh man, are they effective. And the research shows it. Dr. Pollock has appeared on the core biohacking podcasts like Dave Asprey and Ben Greenfield, and he knows his stuff. I mean, he is the world expert in this field. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. I know you're going to find it fascinating just like I did. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to mention that Hail is coming. Your virtual health assistant in your pocket on an app is coming. We're going to be launching in February. We have now 17 and counting companies that are also going to be involved with what I believe and what these companies believe that are participating with us is the future of customized health optimization. It's really astounding. I'm so excited to share it with you. You're going to find so much depth of information and resources, custom products that are specific to the things that you're interested in and the health issues that you're dealing with. Uh, it's, it's a most powerful tool that I know you're going to love. Okay, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Dr. Robert Pollack. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, 
wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Well, there's over 500 references in the book and it talks about the basic concepts behind magnetic field therapy. And it provided a review of about 25 different actions supported by references and uh, a review of about um, the magnetic field effects on about 50 health conditions supported by reference. So that kind of laid the foundation for magnetic field therapy for those who are skeptical or really wanted to delve into it a, a bit deeper, but it wasn't practical. So people complained, well, it's not practical. It doesn't tell me how to use magnetic field therapy. So then that, as a result, I published the Supercharge Your Health uh, book. Awesome. To, to, make it, to make it more accessible, to explain the applications, the, the technologies, the different, the different uh, tech that you're using. The different devices. Over the years, as uh, having worked with magnetic field therapy, I'm always looking for innovation, always looking to improve, always looking to find another solution. So magnetic field therapy is not one concept, one idea. It's actually pretty complicated. Um, so if you start with one machine, it's going to, if you know the machine and you know the technical aspects of that machine, you're going to know how it's going to be able to be used. But knowledge evolves over time as well, right? So the more you work with it, the more knowledge you accumulate, the more you realize all the variations you can do. So a rock is not a rock anymore. <laughs> a rock has a lot of, a lot of components to it. If you want to really dig deep, you might have to break the rock, rock open to really see the inside of it and get an even better sense of what a rock is. And then you compare that rock to other rocks. Right. Right. So the, the new book then basically provides more practical and probably actually for people who are really very interested in this should really have both. One is more science-based and then the second one has very little science in it. Although the information in it is derived from the science. Yeah. How to pick a machine, how to use it for a given condition. So I actually give protocols for each I have over 80 conditions now in the new book. And again, I don't, I don't provide the scientific references for all of those. So this now basically is the cumulative knowledge and information of 30 years of using magnetic field therapies. Awesome. Oh, it's so great. Well, let, let's start there then. You, you know, the, the motivation for the book to be able to make this more accessible, more digestible for, for the layperson or for practitioners, it, it, was it, was it, did it really come out of a need? for for increased sort of practical application for you know conditions yeah i think that there's a there's a misconception basically by people in general depending on how you've been approached on the topic or in fact how you are approaching the topic so if you happen to have headaches but you say, well, I've tried all the drugs i've done all this other stuff and i don't want to do that anymore and it doesn't work that well anyway can I do something different? There's a different technology that could work for my headaches. Well, then maybe along the way, you'll discover how people talk about magnetic fields. So now what do you do? So you start searching magnetic field therapy or PMFs or whatever online. And then you'll see a huge amount of information from all kinds of people. Most of the people who are providing the information are not doctors, they're not biologists, they're not scientists, right? They're basically a person with an idea. And they develop a machine or else it's multi-level marketing. And that's big. There's a lot of people selling these devices who are multi-level marketing, but they're selling one machine mm. with one basically solution that has only one set of technical specifications. 
And because of those technical specifications, you, you're then boxed in to that particular machine. So if you want to look at other machines, now you, you're remembering what you read about the people who are selling that machine, and they've already in, ingrained certain knowledge into you. Like, for example, high-intensity magnetic therapy is dangerous for you, or you should only be using um, large magnetic systems, or you should only use it for eight minutes a day. So you get all kinds of misinformation based on their selling features, what they're selling the equipment for. So that's not scientific. It's just that's what they're selling their equipment for. Mm -hmm. But if you start searching further, you, then you hear all these claims that other people are making. But again, they don't have the scientific background. And I'll guarantee you, almost none of the people who are selling or using the, the uh, machines that are um, in the multi-level marketing world have read my book. In fact, they don't want to read it. Because I start telling people other things than what they want people to hear. And I was, in other words, there's, I contradict them, but based on the science and based on my experience as a medical doctor, right? Not a salesperson. So, so what is, the, what is the biggest barrier for, for people to use this technology? Well, I think knowledge is one of the most important barriers. So once you, once you sort of bite the apple, you know, are you going to finish the apple or go to another apple? Once you, once you get into it, then you want to get more information. So information is key and it's very hard to find. So the information in the Power Tools for Health book comes from, I said, again, 500 references. And where are those references? They're scattered all over the place. They're not in one place. They're not one journal, like Magnetic Field Therapy Journal. They're not in one aspect of medicine. So because magnetic therapy can be useful for bones or it could be useful for headaches or it could be useful for cancer or inflammation, then you have to go to the inflammation journals or you have to go to the oncology journals, electronic journals, or the engineering journals. So what I've been able to do is I've been able to string all these together and pull, find this information over years, I've accumulated it over years. I have about 30,000 abstracts on magnetic field therapies. Wow. And magnetic field, magnetic field effects. So there's a ton of information, but it's often very scientific. It's very detailed. It's very obscure. So you have to kind of pull all that out. And as a former family physician, as I'm semi-retired, semi I would have to translate that scientific knowledge when I saw a person in my office. So for my patients, they don't want the science. They want to know that what I recommend is science-based. Mm -hmm. They don't want the science. They want the solution. Right. So that's what we basically have distilled, distilled this science into, into solutions. And the supercharger book is more of the solution-based book than the power tools book was. Got it. Got it. Okay. So so give us a give us an idea of of how many different devices there are for the different issues people are experiencing. Um, well, literally hundreds. And some people could argue thousands, but um so everybody who develops a machine, a piece of PMF equipment has an idea, a concept of what they want the equipment to do or based on a particular piece of the science. But again, a lot of it has to do with bones, for example. So magnetic therapy devices were uh, approved by the FDA for healing bones. So that's one device. But then all of a sudden, because the one company got approval by the FDA for healing fractures that won't heal on their own, then all of a sudden, a bunch of other people develop devices right? They're different. Each one is different, but it does the same thing, heals bones. So you can do the same thing across a myriad of other, of other sorts of conditions. So we're talking about lots and lots of machines. 
But once you understand the machine, and a lot of that basic information is in the first book, Power Tools, you have to know the intensity of the piece of equipment. You have to know if there's a waveform, what the waveform is, what the frequencies are, what kinds of programs are in it, what kind of frequencies you have. Um, you need to know what the applicators are. Do you have a little tiny applicator that you put on an elbow? Or do you have a bigger one that you treat the whole body? Or do you have a, a bigger one that treats the whole belly? So once you understand that, then you look at your equipment for your particular needs and say, okay, that machine will solve, solve this problem better than the other one. My knowledge has evolved over the years as well. And the more and more I work with magnetic therapies, I started working with very, very low intensity machines. And there are lots of them out there. And most of the multi-level marketing machines are very low level intensity. But I, over time, I discovered that they didn't solve enough problems. So if you're using it for health maintenance, it's fine. Probably good enough. And you can use a high intensity machine for health maintenance too, but you can't use a low intensity machine for treatments like you can a high intensity machine. And the issue becomes penetration, penetration in the body is the, the strength of the magnetic field as it goes into the body. So that if you understand the physical characteristics of the machine, then you know what it can do and what its limitations are. And then you, then you know from there how you can use it. And in the book, in both the books, I actually review a bunch of different devices that I personally have tested, evaluated, and recommend for people and give advice on how to use them. Fascinating stuff. Let's go back a little bit because I think my listeners will know, well, at least have heard of PEMF, but I think that there's there's probably some out there who are maybe confusing the difference between PEMF and EMF. So can you, I know you've heard this question a thousand times, but- It's an important question, actually. Yeah. It's a very important question. Yeah. Can you break that down? Yes. So we get, we're scared of EMFs. And some people call that electrosmog. In Europe, they use that word a lot, electrosmog. It's just the smog that's out there. So the, the vibes that are out there. Mm-hmm. So EMFs stands for electromagnetic fields. I personally describe EMFs as, elect, as environmental magnetic fields, which is a, probably a, a more appropriate term for it. Although it is electromagnetic, it's environmental. Environmental fields are like radio waves or television waves. They're broadcast from an antenna and they're broadcast into the atmosphere. So they're, so they're open loop, we'll call open loop mm. magnetic fields. And it, not always, but most of the time they are microwave frequencies. They're microwaves, basically they're micro, which means they're a millionth or a billionth of a, of a wavelength. <clears throat> so as a result, they penetrate, they get into the body and they get absorbed by the body. Now, if you have a, an antenna that produces a, a magnetic field or a, a electromagnetic field that is, let's say, a thousand hertz, hertz is a measure of, magne- of the frequency. So it's freq- pulses per second. So if it's a thousand pulses per second, the wavelength is very long. That wavelength will go right through your body. It's hundreds of miles long, miles long. Hmm. Right, so that those are those are safer magnetic fields, but there aren't a whole lot of them that are in that electro smog environmental magnetic field, uh, basically description form. PEMFs, on the other hand, are still using magnetic fields. So we have two types of magnetic fields, basically. What are called static magnetic fields, your fridge magnets. Okay, or magnets, horseshoe magnets, bar magnets. Those are static magnetic fields. They're not moving. 
they're, they're there, they're magnetized, and they're there all the time. The Earth is a static magnetic field. It's one great big magnet, and it's not moving. It's static for the most part. So we consider it a static magnetic field. Now, those magnetic fields are just there all the time. You can apply them to the body, and I've done that for healing purposes, and they can work, but it depends on the intensity of the magnetic field as well. Then we have the time-varying magnetic field. In other words, they're moving. They're in motion. So microwaves are in motion. They're beating. They're hitting you constantly. Radio waves, television waves, right? They're in motion. Radar is in motion. They're constantly moving. Um, now, but they, so then we have the time-varying magnetic fields. And then, as I said, we have the two, the two types of time-varying magnetic fields. Very low, um, short wavelengths, right? What are called high frequency. And then we have the low, low frequency magnetic fields. And the pulse magnetic fields are considered low frequency magnetic fields. And they have a very, have another very important difference. They're not pulsed. They're not going out into the environment. So basically a, a pulsed electromagnetic field is made by a current flowing through a wire. So that's called the right hand rule. This is a wire, current is flowing in that direction. And the magnetic field bends around the wire in a perpendicular fashion to the flow of the current. All current produces a magnetic field. Now we, we don't get exposed to that too much. So the cable leading from um, the wall outlet to your light has both an outgoing part of it and it has a, a part come, coming back. So it has two directions flowing. When you have two directions flowing, they kind of cancel each other out, right? So in order to create a magnet, what you're doing is you send the wire out in, in a connected wire where there's two of them flowing together, but then out there, you separate them. So you create a loop. That's called the Tesla loop. And then that loop produces the magnetic field that's not interfering with the other one going back. So the wire coming from the wall to your lamp is neutral. It doesn't really have a magnetic field. Okay, so we artificially separate those wires and create this loop that now creates a magnetic field that's pulsing at a certain rate. Now, the closed loop means that the magnetic field is created by a pulse that goes out and collapses, goes out and collapses. It's not going out into infinity. Okay, that's, so that's, those are major distinctions between PEMFs and EMFs. And so they're, they're clean, essentially clean magnetic fields. Because when, because when, when it sends out indefinitely and goes through you, then, then it's not, you're not actually harnessing that energy for anything. It's just being sent out. It's being sent out and it collapses back, sent out and collapses back. So it doesn't, it's, it's a closed loop. It still resides within the current. Each pulse can be a very weak pulse or a big pulse. So if it's a big pulse, you go like that, right? If it's a weak pulse, you go like this. All right? So a weak pulse is not gonna be very strong and it's not gonna penetrate very deep into the body. But if you wanna go all the way through the body, you have to have a much stronger pulse to go all the way through. And magnetic fields go through the body completely. The body is like air to a magnetic field. If you have a ma magnet here, or ma a pulse magnetic field here, and a body here, and you have a measurement instrument here, and you measure the magnetic field. If you remove the body from in between, there's no difference in the field. Wow. Okay, so the body is completely transparent to a magnetic field. So magnetic fields don't care about the body. They don't care about anything. <laughs> Maybe metal that'll cause it to bend around it. But the body cares about the magnetic field because now it's got a stimulus. 
just like light and sound and heat and cold, all those are physical stimuli. So a magnetic field is a physical stimulus and the body says, oh, this is interesting. So that relates to a law of physics based on what are called Maxwell's laws, which is electric and magnetic fields go hand in glove. They're inseparable. Just like a wire producing current will produce a magnetic field, they're inseparable. So the body's electrical. And I don't mean just nerves, but our body, we're contained within skin, right? Which is basically a layer that contains everything else. So what percentage of the body is fluid? 70%. 80, 75, 80%. But it's not water. It's not water. It's, 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 what is it? It's a battery. Yeah. It's electrolytes. It's what I would call an electrolyte soup. Because <laughs> it's got proteins, it's got macromolecules, it's got electrolytes, it's got salts and minerals, and, and you know, the list goes on and on. And they are all constantly interacting with each other. So magnetic fields control chemistry. Magnetic fields control electricity. Like, so magnetic fields are more likely to control electricity than the other way around, although they are hand in glove. But what happens in the body, then you've got all these charged molecules. They all have a charge. They're positive and negative charges to all these mo molecules. So when you pass a magnetic field past a charged molecule, you get interaction, electromagnetic. And what happens then is the magnetic field passing through a charged solution that's basically not producing electricity, it's just got charges to it. Then all of a sudden, those charged molecules in that solution wake up. They start to produce more charge. And when you produce more charge, all kinds of things begin to happen in the body. All the things that PEMFs do that are outlined in both these books. So they wake everything up. So they produce ATP, they increase circulation, they improve muscle function, they stimulate stem cells, they uh, again, heal the tissues. So that all the actions of magnetic fields then apply as the field goes through the body. So does that suggest that exposure to a PEMF field, it's adding to whatever's going on in your body? Does, is there any sort of taking away or, or does it create a, a higher level of homeostasis that your body just wants anyway? Uh, I don't know what you mean by taking away. So in other words, the magnetic field doesn't get used up at all, right? So the magnetic field is passing through. It's going to do what it's going to do. It's, it's, it's not doing anything. The magnetic field is just a stimulus, right? I can say boo to you. And it doesn't mean anything. But if you're scared of ghosts, that may mean something to you. <laughs> Okay. Right? So the body gives it meaning. Mm. The body takes from it what it wants. Fortunately, healthy cells ignore magnetic fields. Now, healthy cells don't ignore e uh, EMF fields. Uh. We design magnetic fields at very high frequencies to burn tissue, burn off a wart, or to cauterize a wound. So we use it in surgery. We use it in medicine on a regular basis for specific applications to actually harm the tissue but on purpose, in a directed fashion. So pulse magnetic fields are, aren't designed that way. They are just, they're just neutral. So they don't get used up and the body will only take from it or will only react to it to the extent it wants to. Hmm. So in other words, I can't dial a magnetic field to give you increased circulation. I can't dial a magnetic field to increase your stem cells. I can't dial a magnetic field to repair tissue. 
All it is is a neutral uh, energy. It's a neutral stimulus. And then the body takes from it what it wants. And the body does the work hmm. if it needs to. If it doesn't need to, it just shrugs it off. Say, oh, that was a bird flying by. <laughs> so then if you can't dial it in for bone or you can't dial it in for soft tissue, then then what are you doing when you're playing with the different levels that are appropriate for different applications? So this, again, this, there are claims and there's research to support any kind of claim, right? Some research, some research has a lot more to it. The primary principle in terms of what I do is the fact that magnetic fields drop off in intensity very rapidly. So it's just like with heat and cold and light and sound. You move farther away from the source, the, the, say sound, you move farther away from the source of the sound, sound drops off very rapidly, according to something called the inverse square law. There are several laws that uh, account for the loss of the magnetic field, the, the decrease in strength. So because of that, you need to calculate the intensity you need at the target tissue. And one of the key elements of this, and I have a blog on drpollock.com about a molecule called adenosine. So adenosine forms ATP. Adenosine and ATP have to latch onto an adenosine receptor in the tissues. And that's how it creates its action because it's a molecule. So all molecules have to dock somewhere, they have to interact somewhere. Um, so it, it turns out research is showing that the optimal magnetic field intensity for stimulating the adenosine receptor is 15 Gauss. So Gauss or Gauss, G A U S S, is the measure of magnetic field intensity. By comparison, for example, the Earth's magnetic field is about half a Gauss. Huh. All right. Now, but you need 15 Gauss optimally to stimulate the adenosine rece receptor, which is responsible for decreasing inflammation. Okay. All right. So in order to have a maximum benefit for inflammation, you need 15 Gauss anywhere in the body. But if you have 15 Gauss, that say the, the device you have is only 15 Gauss and you're stimulating the skin, it's only gonna work in the, in the first few millimeters of the skin. But if I have to go through the brain, I'm treating somebody with concussion and I put a coil on this side of the brain, but I wanna treat the whole brain, then I'm gonna have 15 Gauss going through the entire brain. But because the magnetic field drops off very rapidly, I have to calculate the intensity that I need. Let's say I need 15 Gauss here. I then have to calculate the intensity that I have to apply to the head here to account for the loss of the field intensity. Hmm. So typically uh, across the skull is about six inches. To deliver 15 Gauss across the skull through the whole brain for Parkinson's and MS and head injuries and inflammation, even Alzheimer's and so on, then you're gonna need about 4,000 Gauss. So if, if your magnetic system produces one Gauss, which is double what the earth's magnetic field is, how far is it going to act in the body relative to inflammation? Huh. Almost nothing. Huh, yeah. Right? So most of these low-intensity magnetic fields are basically operating by simulating the um, acupuncture system. This is something I discovered years ago when I first started. And so that's the benefit they're providing you is they're stimulating the acupuncture points and meridians. So anytime you apply any magnetic field to the body, in that area of the magnetic field, you're automatically stimulating acupuncture points and meridians. So then it becomes hard to separate the physiologic effects of magnetic fields versus the 
acupuncture effects of magnetic field. One quick announcement from one of our sponsors and then right back into the episode. This episode is brought to you by the X3 bar. You can get $50 off the last piece of exercise equipment you will ever purchase. This is not an exaggeration. If you go to x3bar.com, if you use the code OPP, it'll give you $50 off. Get something for yourself for Christmas. Buy yourself the X3 bar. It's worth every single penny. It has dramatically changed my physique. I'm stronger, I'm leaner, with less body fat, and it's 10 minutes a day. You may recall Dr. John Jakewish, his previous appearances on Optimal Performance, where he talks about how weightlifting is a waste of time because it can damage your tendons and it is ineffective at growing your muscles. So if you have back pain, if you have soreness from old injuries, this is the thing. So many of you have already purchased this equipment. So many of my coaching clients, my friends have purchased this. It has literally changed their life in 10 minutes a day, six days a week. So go check it out. You deserve it. Go to x3bar.com and use the code OPP for $50 off. All right, back to the episode. If you work on one specific energy meridian, energy point, then we you, then does that suggest that it just it knows to incorporate and go and, and travel throughout? So what happens is that there you can't focus a magnetic field that easily to a specific point. You can with a needle. You can with an electrically uh, a needle attached to current. You can go to that specific point. What happens is that point, like say for example, on my hand here, called the Hoku point. That goes all the way up into the body, goes up into the head. And there are clearly points along the back. There are about uh, 360 at least, so probably about 1,500 acupuncture points in the body. But they're all connected, and they're connected electrically. So research has found that the acupuncture system is a DC current system. Hmm. It's a direct current magnetic system, a direct current system, which then has a magnetic component to it. But because it's electrical, and you attach, you put a magnetic field over top of it, it's going to stimulate that point, that point and the whole meridian. So if I just use a magnet just on my hand, it's going to activate all the magnetic points, all the acupuncture points in that magnetic field, right? If I do a whole body, then it's going to stimulate all the acupuncture points in the whole body at the same time. So we don't focus it that way. You just know that you're getting the acupuncture benefit whenever you do a magnetic field treatment anywhere. Hmm. It, it makes me think about the, those, those little, you know, they, they've made bracelets or things that go in your shoes with that have those little magnets yeah. on them that athletes wear. Like, yeah. so, sure. so that, that, that is a, that is a sort of, uh, correlation. It's sort of a, yeah. Yeah, it is totally. Um, so if you take a copper bracelet and put it on your wrist, then the sweat, the perspiration under the copper bracelet or the fluid in the, in the skin interacts with the metal, the copper metal or whatever metal you have. And it's gonna create charge differences between them. <laughs> and when it creates the charge differences is that basically stimulating the, stimulating the acupuncture points and meridians in that, under that bracelet. So you're getting a benefit in the whole acupuncture system by using that. You're gonna get most benefit right there locally but it's going to flow up the shoulder. Research has shown that a magnetic field applied to a, a, a wrist will benefit a, a shoulder arthritis. So a, a copper bracelet will work because it's doing more of a, a, an acupuncture type effect in the electrical system of the body by creating small, small, tiny amounts of current. 
So an acupuncture bracelet is not a whole lot different than grounding. Grounding is doing the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I definitely do want to get into grounding really quick. Um, but before, before we dive into, into grounding, um, so does that suggest that everyone should be wearing copper jewelry? No, but uh, it probably wouldn't hurt given our society. Mm. Or you could uh, wear, uh, I, at night I actually wear a magnetic bracelet, a, head, a necklace. Mm. So I do that because I found the magnetic necklace around my neck because all the acupuncture points go up into the head. There's a choke point in the neck of all the meridians. So when you do that, a magnetic necklace, now each bead is a magnet, the one I have is each bead is a magnet. It's magnetite. You can buy the bit cheap, like $30, $50. Uh, and what it does is just sort of quiets everything down and it stabilizes the acupuncture system. Hmm. It makes all the meridians basically more stable in general. So you get a faster action and it's passive. The meridian system is active. The magnetic bracelet or necklace is not active. Remember I said it's static. Yeah. But as the meridians pass through, as the circulation passes through, all the other dynamic things in the body are in motion. And they're interacting with that magnet to then create, you know, those acupuncture type benefits. Gotcha. Gotcha. But the healing is not very strong. So if you have cancer or if you broke a bone, it's going to help, but it's not enough. Hmm. Not enough power produced as a result of that. Even with a gigantic, like a gigantic magnet, maybe if you, you know, if you wore like a huge 14 pound magnet around your <laughs> necklace around with a 14 pound magnet, it could be very weak. But yeah, but assuming that, yes, if you wear a 14 pound magnet, you're going to get more action than you will a two ounce magnet, <laughs> typically. Okay. But, let... that's, but that's the problem is it's a 14 pound magnet. So you have to then know the magnet. You have to know the intensity of the magnet and you have to be able to put it on the body and keep it there. Right. So it's awkward. And the intensity is a problem. Uh, if you want higher intensity, then you're going to have to go with a much heavier magnets. And they're not practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fifty pound, a fifty pound magnet necklace is maybe not uh, the most practical healing <laughs> healing accessory. Uh, so, so let's let's talk about grounding then too. Um, uh, maybe unpack for us the the concept of grounding. I mean, we're familiar with with grounding mats. You know, I I, I have one that that I that I don't use properly grounded, plugged into a you know properly grounded outlet. Properly properly grounded. Right. Earthing and earthing and grounding are basically the same thing. Right. So earthing is walking barefoot or hugging a tree with your bare skin. Oh, so so the sweatshirt you're wearing while you're hugging the tree is going to is going it's is going to be, be as good. You're going to get the general energy level of the the magnetic field, if you will, of the tree. But if you want the uh, the electrical charge differential, then it's got to be bare skin. Hmm. That's why walking barefoot works. Yeah. Not walking in shoes. Now the earth is magnetized and there are things called telluric currents in the earth. So you're getting exposed to those currents even when you're wearing shoes, but it's not going to be as strong as it would be uh, being barefoot because like the bracelet effect. Yeah. You get more action when it's uh, bare skin. Um, so earthing and grounding produce a benefit in general terms of balancing, like we just talked about with acupuncture, but it's extremely weak. There's very little intensity to it. So you don't get like a zap or a jolt from it, right? It's very subtle in, in the way it works. So it's more protective and rebalancing at some level. 
but it's not strong. So if you have headaches, you might it may not be good enough for you. If you have an extremely mild headache, then it may work. Because hmm. already again, you're amping up the acupuncture system. So then pulse magnetic it, fields are much more direct in their action than that. So so to have, you know, so to to harness the the healing effect of grounding, you know, hugging a tree with your shirt off or putting your bare feet on a grounding mat that's properly grounded, it, it will do some. It will help a little bit, but it's not a therapeutic uh, uh approach. Not really. Not yeah. Really, not really. So I, I did a, a blog about um well, I wrote an ebook about um, magnetic therapy is energy medicine. So people who are doing energy healing work, like Qigong, uh, or even acupuncturists, uh, they're basically producing charge. Their biofields or magnetic fields of their bodies are um, producing charge that then interacts with the person that they're trying to heal. But we discover that those kinds of healing effects are extraordinarily variable. There's a guy called Elmer Green who developed something called a voltage wall, where he had healers touching the wall. And they could produce up to a million volts, but they weren't they weren't consistent. Right? And they so one time they could do it. 10 out of nine, 10 out of 20 times, or 10 out of uh, 11 times, it didn't work. Or one time it worked, but it was not much energy. So it becomes relatively unreliable. Magnetic field therapy is not unreliable. You have, you know the charge you have, you know the voltage you're producing in a body. You have control over it. So that's where. While we started, historically started with healing, natural healing methods, because that's the tools that we had available to us. We now have technology available to us that way supersedes that, that, that potential benefit. Now, there may be other things going on there as well. There are other kinds of energies that are being produced when you do a healing pr a process, but it's not voltage-based. It's not based on what, what magnetic fields are doing in the body. Right, right. You know, I've become aware of this, you know, what you're talking about was input, right? So, you know, taking a pill that, that, you know, some chemical that that's going to help a headache, an elixir or sleep, like these are, these are all ways to, to, to treat, you know, different ailments that people are dealing with. But when it comes to energy healing, you know, people immediately kind of check out because they think it's woo woo, or they just can't wrap their brain around it. This to me just like light and sound, I think are really the future of the future of healing. And you're at the forefront of it. I mean, you're, you're the guy, how far away are we, do you think from a, a medical healing modality where this is everywhere, where this is like maybe the first thing you do rather than the last thing you do when everything else doesn't work. Well, we, we are, all, in a sense, there already. I mean, it's available. The technology is available. You just have to find it and access it and know how to use it, right? So it's, it's available. Now, is it Star Trek? <laughs> no, we're not. We're no, nowhere near that. And there are people who are trying to work on that. The XPRIZE people are working on technology that you can you know, do record and you can measure and you can treat at the same time. So um, we're a long way off from that. There may come a time because the problem is then you have to have enough juice, you have to have enough energy to stimulate the processes in the body. So if, I, uh, if I'm hungry 
and I eat um, a peanut, one peanut. I'm going to get X amount of benefit from that. If I eat a peanut butter sandwich, I'm going to get a lot more benefit than that single peanut. Mm-hmm. But, what, but what do I need? Yeah. Do I need a sandwich or do I need a peanut? Right. So you have to figure out for yourself what it is that you're going to need to solve the problem that you're dealing with. Right. So maintenance pur- purposes, you might just take a peanut now, a peanut 10 minutes later, another peanut 10 minutes later. You could keep doing that, or you could just eat a peanut butter sandwich, and that'll last you a lot longer. <laughs> That's helpful. That's very helpful. So that that does imply then that we need practitioners, we need trained practitioners that understand what's how to diagnose and how to treat with the with the right intensity, with the right device, you know, for the right duration to to really centralize and focus that that healing potential, right? Well, I, that, that's a reasonable thought, Um, (laughs) but my goal, (laughs) and uh, and that's what people do say, I got this problem, go to a doctor, right? Yeah. The doctor will have the solution. Um, Or you can go to a witch doctor. (laughs) No, have a different solution. (laughs) Everybody will provide you with a solution. But my goal has always been to make you as independent as possible. Self-care, self-reliance. Yeah. You, You keep your own authority. Right? You make your own decisions about how you're going to do it. Fortunately, magnetic field therapy is extraordinarily safe. Despite the claims of the people who say that you don't need anything more than their very low intensity machines. Because clearly now we have machines that are applied to the brain for treating treatment resistant depression. That's FDA approved. They're, they're extremely high intensity. They're about seven or 8,000 gauss. Like I told you to treat across the brain. So uh, they're very safe. Now they have to be applied in a controlled fashion. So the higher up you get in intensity, um, the more dependent you are on the technology and the sicker you are. So if you have a lot of problems and there's a lot of things going on that have to be accounted for, then maybe, yes, you need to see somebody who is skilled in this. The problem is that most people who are quote, skilled are skilled with their one machine. And that one machine may not be the best machine for you whether it's frequency-based or the, the amount of intensity or where you're treating. Because I've certainly seen examples of people being over-treated and under-treated by going to a doctor's office. The problem with going to a doctor's office is that it's now and then. Right. Right? On, on the other hand, for yourself, how, um, how much of the cells in the body sleep? None of them. So, so... We have about 100 trillion cells in our bodies. We have about 2,000 chemical processes per second in every cell. And even when we die, our cells are still not asleep because the sodium and the potassium and the calcium and the magnesium are still in the body. They're not interacting the way they would in a live organism, but they're still there. So we are alive. And as long as we have motion going on, constant motion going on, then we need to be able to treat ourselves as we need to for the problem we have or the goals we have. So doing 15 minutes once a day, a lot of these people are telling us eight minutes is all you need. I say, you need what you need. Your cells are going to tell you what you need. And if you treat yourself and you get pain relief for 10 minutes, then you got to treat again. And that's why we like pills. You take a pill and you're maybe good for eight hours. So with magnetic fields, the goal is not to just remove your symptoms, but the goal is to rebalance the body and to heal the tissues. 
So in order to be able to do that, then you need to be doing treatment for hours potentially at a time. So for example, the FDA approved machines for healing fractures that won't heal. A broken bone, it's not healing. But after six months, it's called a non-union. A union means that it's fixed, it's knit back together. After six months, it's a non-union. Well, the people who had non-unions when they were treated with magnetic field therapies discovered if they did more than nine hours a day of treatment, they healed uh, approximately 180 hours faster, huh. 180 days faster. Wow. If you, did only, if you did only an hour a day, you're going to take a lot longer to heal because that's not how much energy the body needed to you know, more rapidly finish the healing process. I wish we had that, that Star Trek gizmo to heal the fractures. Right? But as it is with the technology we have, it takes time. So you, you're better off, point is, you're better off owning your own system and treating yourself on a regular basis than you are going somewhere to get a treatment once a week or twice a week. Yeah. If you, so how then, how does one choose the right device if they've got, yeah, yeah, you could supercharge your health. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so that will tell you which devices how long where on the body etc to to have just the, the right application with the right device with the right duration for the optimal performance so you know and again it's not like if you have diabetes you need insulin or if you have um, migraines you need a migraine medication or if you have a um, you know a, a hemorrhoids you need a hemorrhoid medication Magnetic fields are, are non-specific um, that way because they're dealing directly with the tissue itself. So you need to find the system and use the system for the problem you have. But understand that whatever system you buy is going to do all the actions of magnetic fields anyway. Right? Even though you're buying it for one purpose. So if you're buying it for uh, elbow pain, for tennis elbow, it will help with the tennis elbow, but it's going to help other parts of the body at the same time. Or the next day, again, you may have a splinter or a, a, a cut, and you, now you could use it for the cut because it's nonspecific and it's doing all of these general actions in terms of healing the body. Hmm. So you will determine what you need to do. You may buy it for one purpose, but now you have a tool available to you for a whole lot of other purposes. So I, I tell people that when you buy a magnetic system, you don't own it. The house owns it. <laughs> nice. the dog the cat and the plants so you can use it for whatever other things you have going on and it'll work variably well for different conditions depending on the severity of the condition depending on how long you've had it how much inflammation is associated with it and so on so the book will give you the, a lot of that guidance but it also teaches you hopefully the idea would be that it's going to teach you that you have a multifunctional a swiss army knife tool it's got a lot of capability that you have never even dreamed of that's the best of biohacking, right? Is, is to, to have, to have an approach that, that is a Swiss army knife that you can call on for a break or a cut or, or, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so clear to me. Um, I have questions around, you know, sort of emotional issues, right? What about, what about depression or anxiety or, you know, those sorts of, do, do we, can we assume that the, the, the depression, anxiety are, can be sort of traced back to some sort of chemical issue, lack of serotonin, et cetera, like that, or maybe just walk, walk me through a little bit about 
you know, bones and cuts and, are, are one thing. Alzheimer's, you know, cognitive decline is one thing. But what about, what about emotional issues? So what causes an emotion? What causes an emotion? Well, uh, the sort of reductionist materialist would say a chemical reaction happening somewhere in the body. No. Your reaction to the emotion, your beliefs, your values, your feelings, and so on. All of those are, people do talk about the molecules of emotion. Mm -hmm. So every emotion is associated with a molecule in a sense. So you amplify, but you have the, I'll give you an example um, of how sort of mysterious they can, this can get. And are we really a, a physical body anyway? Right. Right now we go beyond, beyond that discussion. But uh, I saw a video where they told this person uh, that video was basically of a uh, brain reaction they were actually imaging the brain reaction biochemically. And so they told this person to lift his arm, took your right arm. He didn't know that he wanted to lift his right arm. They told him to lift your right arm. So nothing. And all of a sudden a little light sh shows up in the motor cortex, the part of the brain that controls the right arm. The little light goes on and the light goes amplifies and amplifies and amplifies and amplifies and gets really big. All of a sudden, the arm goes up. Mm -hmm. So that amplification had to get to a certain point where the, the arm lifted. So what's an emotion? Does the emotion start with the molecule? Or is the molecule a reaction to the emotion? Right. Right? So then once you start the emotion and you really get into your emotion, now, yes, you're going to get a whole cascade of uh, biochemical events. But you also get, interestingly enough, you get all these oscillations in the brain. Is all this electrical activity in the brain. So which came first, the electrical activity or the, <laughs> or the molecule? Yeah. And I don't have an answer to that. I suspect most of it is electrical activity because of the thoughts first. Right. Right? And the way you, your soul and your, psych, your psyche subconscious, it's like it's not inside the body, right? It's wherever else it is. Yeah, yeah. You talk about auras, you know, you talk about the soul, etc. So we are a body with a soul, or a soul with a body. Yeah. But when the body goes away, we still have the soul. So what's really doing the thinking, what's really creating the thoughts, what's really creating the emotion. But at, at a reductionistic level, so assume that you got the emotion. Now your emotion, your emotion has trapped you. Your emotion is like a vicious cycle. And you, you have to get rid of the, that chemical cycle. You have to get rid of that EEG cycle, the oscillation cycle. So talk about oscillations. So if you're sleeping, you're first falling asleep. Well, before you fall asleep, you're getting tired. Where you're getting tired, your brain is moving down into alpha, alpha rhythm. So there are brainwave rhythms. So your brain is getting down into alpha rhythm. Then when your head hits the pillow, you get tired more and more and more tired. The brainwaves slow down more and more and more. You hit the, your head hits the pillow and next thing is lights out. Hmm. Next thing you wake up, it's the next morning. Well, when your head hits the pillow, you go into theta. And then about 90 minutes after you started to theta, you're going deeper and deeper and deeper until you get into delta. So you last in delta, which is very slow wave sleep. It's very deep sleep. It happens in the first three hours of, of sleep, typically. Then you come out of delta and you go back up into theta and you're back and forth to theta through the rest of the night. So the theta and the delta are all controlling the chemicals. 
Now the chemicals do oscillate. They do create their own electromagnetic patterns as well, but you can affect you can affect the uh, biology, the chemistry by the applied oscillatory fields. So we do that with magnetic field therapy. So if I had, a, I had a woman who came to see me in the office who was extraordinarily anxious. She was so fidgety, she had to get up and walk around. We had a, an hour appointment and she couldn't sit still. She was so anxious. So I put a magnet on the back of her neck and a pulse magnetic field on the back of the neck at theta. So very low frequency, seven Hertz. And literally, and I had the high intensity. So literally within about 10 minutes, the elevator started going down. And she sat down and she said, did the rest of the interview. So at the end of the interview, I asked her what she was like, what her level of anxiety was like when she first came in. And she said, out of 10, 10 being the worst you can imagine and zero being none. So she said that she was seven out of 10. I thought she was 12 out of 10. Yeah. Right. I thought it was a lot worse than that. So she's for herself, that's yeah. not the worst she's ever been. Right. So she only thought it was a seven. So, it, and then I said, okay, what are you now at the end of the interview? She went down from a seven to a three. Wow. So that controlled her emotions. The magnetic fields controlled the biochemistry, controlled the oscillation patterns of the brain, which then controlled the chemistry, which then controlled her behavior. Hmm. So does that suggest that when that you can enhance the efficacy of um, PEMF therapy with positive thought or mantra or breath work, does that, does there, does that help? Well, I think you have to go back to the origin. So you know, what's, the, what's the origin of that emotion? What's the origin of that anxiety? What's the origin of that depression? What's the origin of that anger? So if you don't deal with the origin, the original causes, then the magnetic therapy is like aspirin. It, it's help, helping to control it. And it may help you to control it much faster than you would have on your own. Because not everybody can med all of a sudden meditate and go into zzz, <laughs> right? You need yeah. training, usually training and, and experience and practice to be able to shift the brain rapidly. That doesn't come easily. So what magnetic therapy is doing is giving you a crutch temporarily that you still have to end up doing the work. So that it doesn't come back huh. or the next time you do it, because the more often you do the magnetic fields and the better you feel like that woman with the anxiety, if she could remember her experience of the magnetic field, then she could relax because she's got a tool now that's going to take the, the risk off of her falling off the cliff. Mm. Right. And she does it more and more and more. And the more often she does it, then all of a sudden she, all she has to do is think about right. the magnetic field. I love that. Yeah. Once you have a reference point for uh, a new way of being a new level of relaxation, a new le level of peace or serenity or presence, once you, if, if you haven't had that in 10 years, you know, if she's, if she's always at a seven, sometimes a three, sometimes a five, oftentimes a 10, but then you're giving her a reference point, like, Hey, you can be at a three. This is what a three feels like. Then she can take that into the rest of her life and say, Oh, okay, well, I'm going to put my place I'm going to put my mind, I'm going to put my body and my presence of thought into that reference point of a three, and then I can continue to grow. Absolutely. So if she's going to be a 10, and she does the magnetic field therapy at a three, then she's already going to nip it in the bud a little bit, <laughs> right? So it doesn't get up to that level. And then she's going to do whatever internal work she has to do 
to deal with what the circumstances were that created the, the, the reaction in the first place. Hmm. So yes, they work hand in glove. That's, that's an important piece of magnetic field therapy is you can't fix, you can't build a house without bricks and mortar. Okay? I can't repair your skin. There's no skin. I can't repair your skin if it doesn't have the minerals and the fats and the, and the sugars and all the other things that you need metabolically to make that skin vital. Hmm. Right. So you need to ha you have good nutrition. You still need to have good lifestyle. You still need to have, you know, good thoughts, the right thoughts, whatever they are. So all of that works together. Magnetic fields are basically just another tool. Now, it doesn't um, it doesn't re replace your homicidal tendencies necessarily. Uh, if you already killed somebody, then you're going to have to do the payment. You, you know, you have to pay pay for your sins. <laughs> but you still, magnetic fields are not a. It's not a perfect solution, but it's mm. an important solution for a lot of things, for a lot of problems people have. Yeah. Well, walk us through some of the content from the book. Um, how is it set up? What is it? What does it cover? What are some of the applications? Yeah, we. I'd, I'd love to hear more, more details. So the book does go into some background information about, say, pain. It's a big concentration of pain because that's one of the most common reasons people seek magnetic therapy. But it's organized around giving you some basic knowledge about magnetic fields, not a lot of depth, not a lot of science. And then we go into talking about specific conditions. We also talk about the different actions of magnetic fields, not to the same extent as we do in the power tools book, but the different actions like the circulation improvement, like anxiety reduction, like um, stem cell stimulation, healing responses, and so on. So it goes through many of those actions and mechanisms. And then you get into the specifics of the different kinds of conditions. And we also begin to give you a, a concept of the kinds of magnetic fields that are available, whether it's local to treat a wrist or just a head, or you're talking about the heart or the lungs, or you're talking about like long hauler syndrome, post COVID syndrome, then you're gonna need a, a system that's gonna treat your whole chest, maybe your whole body. Um, so we, we give you an idea then about the kinds of systems that are available, local, whole body, local, regional, whole body, and then low, medium, and high intensity. And we talked about needing to go across the brain, for example, for inflammation, that you need high intensity to go across the brain. So if you take a low intensity system or a medium intensity, say a 200 Gauss machine that you're treating your elbow or your carpal tunnel with, well, that's gonna be good to a certain level. So then, then again, you say, well, this is what I could do with this system. So there are tables that show you for this problem, these, these are the kinds of systems that you're going to get and what kinds of reactions you're more likely to get. So if it's a four star or a two star or a one star benefit for that particular problem, then you're going to have some sense then of what kind of system you're going to need. But if you could afford what you, you know, what you should have, if you had all the money in the world, you probably would end up having three or four different systems. Right. To, to really cover the terrain for the, all the possibilities that you might need. You certainly probably could use a system that's portable and battery operated to tune your brain, like I did for that woman. Now you go to a doctor's office to tune the brain, but she's going to go down the road and 10 minutes later, she's going to be anxious again. Mm. Right? But if she had a portable system that could tune her brain, now she could use it when she needs to. Mm. Right? But if she wants to get much better control of her brain, then she's probably going to need a higher intensity system. So you could do a higher intensity system periodically uh, and then do the lower intensity system as you need to. So those are the kinds of 
thoughts that you're going to go through as you read through the book. So if I talk about migraines, then I say, well, here's migraine. Here's what it is. Here's what happens in the body with a migraine. And then this is the kind of magnetic system that's going to work at the best for you. And here's where you put your coils. Do you need high, medium, low? Do you need small or, or big? Uh, and then I provide some um, supplements uh, uh, recommendations as well. And that's the majority of the book. Then there's some other key aspects to it too. And that it talks about the need to be respectful of the body. I don't know what's going on in your body. I can make a guess, a reasonable guess, but I can't see your tissues and I can't see where the inflammation is. I know you have a pain there, but is that where the source of the pain is? Maybe the source of the pain is a shoulder. Maybe the source of the pain is the brain or the neck. So I have to sort of don't know what I'm treating to know where, where to apply it and how to use it best. But if you have the highest intensity system, then you've got a lot of latitude because usually you can control the intensities. If you have a low intensity system, you can't, there's not much benefit you're gonna get beyond what that system will give you. What's the design, if you could sort of describe what the design of a higher intensity system is, what, what, would, what, what does the, the device look like? And what does it feel like? What's the sensation? Um, it varies from person to person. I don't have a picture here. Uh, here's one that I sometimes use. Um, and I don't recommend this one as often. So this is a Hugo called the Hugo Intense. I don't know if the light is shining on it. Yeah, we can see it. Okay, so that's a big system. That's a big, heavy suitcase. It's 45 pounds. And this is a loop coil. And this system also has body pads. So it's like you're laying on a massage table or you're laying on a blanket or a sleeping bag. So it's a whole body. It's long enough and wide enough for a body to fit on. And this particular system has uh, two coils. It's what is, it does what we call a magnetic sandwich. Hmm. So the two coils, so here's another picture of the coils. Uh -huh. So these two whole body coils, and then they have like a, a, a loop coil there. Mm -hmm. and, uh, this is more of a rope, the long coil that you can wrap around different parts of the body. Uh, these, this is what's called a loop coil. And this is arranged in a butterfly. So a loop coil allows you to put a coil around the head, uh, over top of the head, over a back, a shoulder, over a chest, a belly. So again, depending on where you uh, are looking to treat. Um, this, this big coil allows you to treat a much bigger area. Right, but it's still, it's limited to that loop. Yeah. And then you basically put the loop, say up an arm for a shoulder problem. Um, you can, it's big enough actually to put a, down across a head so you get treatment over the whole neck area. You can sort of lay it on the, on the head, like laying it to the front, going down to the back. So it's a circle down that way. So again, you'll figure out, people will figure out for themselves where you can use it, where you can fit it. So what does it feel like? So the very low intensity systems, you always can't feel anything. When you're laying on them, you might feel a sense of relaxation. You may get a sense of a bit of, a, bit of warmth in your back. But you're not going to feel a buzz. A buzz. You're not going to feel tapping. So these, this high intensity system, this Hugo system, um, that one is strong enough to cause muscle contractions. Oh wow! So if you put it over a belly, your belly is going to go whoop, 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 right? Uh -huh. if you put it over a thigh, your thigh is going to go. It's going to contract for you. you put it across your shoulders. Your, your shoulders will go like this. Uh -huh. Involuntary. It's not painful, but you just all of a sudden the muscles start jerking. Wow. Now that's high enough intensity. And you can hear a very distinct, very loud clicking sound from it. 
as the magnetic field is pulsing through the, the loop. Is it like a or is it? Yes, both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the lower the intensity, the tick, 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 tick. But if it's higher intensity, it goes tick, 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 or tap, knock. But with the highest intensity systems, they're very, very low frequency. So the tapping is about once every second. When you turn down the intensity, get it very low. Oh, cool. Oh my gosh. Now, and I, I like what two, the three things at the end of the book that are very important. One is going low and slow. Let your body tell you what the body can tolerate. Because a highly inflamed nerve is going to be very irritable. Hmm. It can't do a highly inflamed nerve. You may have to do very gentle tapping just to get that nerve quieted down, get the inflammation quieted down. So as the inflammation quiets down, you increase the intensity and you increase the treatment time until finally, you, in quotes, you've healed the nerve. All right, so your body's going to decide, you have to decide what you're going to be able to tolerate. So that's going low and slow. That's very, very, very important. And going to practitioner's offices is a problem for that rule. Right. Because you're paying for that time. And you want results right away, right? So you can't go low and slow. You can't titrate it up as you need to based on the conditions of the body or the problem that you're dealing with. So that, that, that you have to have that flexibility to treat yourself. So low and slow are very important. The second thing is the magnetic sandwich. If you're doing this, you're putting your body between two layers. The magnetic field is going to be very uniform in between the two layers because magnetic fields drop off and magnetic fields drop off. So what happens is that if I just had one layer from, from here up to the other side of your body, the magnetic field is gonna drop off extremely rapidly. So for example, a 4,000 4, Gauss magnetic field um, six inches away has dropped off to 15 Gauss, one five. Oh, wow. So 4,000 goes to one five in six inches. Huh. Right, that has to be accounted for. So the magnetic, the sandwich approach, both coils, both sets of coils are giving you that range of intensity of treatment. So that means the body in between is getting a very uniform magnetic field. So the magnetic sandwich concept is a relatively new concept and there aren't a whole lot of magnetic systems that do that. Hmm. If you're starting off with a very low intensity, then you're not still not gonna get a lot of benefit from it. But the higher intensity systems will do that very well. The other, the last thing is, um, the um, the adenosine block. So in the back of the book, the appendix has the tables for the adenosine. So you can make an, a calculation for what the intensity is that you're gonna need to treat the problem that you're gonna have. And fortunately, these devices typically have a range of intensities. So you can start off very low and, and work your way up. There's not very many people that can't even tolerate the lowest intensities on the high intensity system. What does that look like when you realize that you can't tolerate it? That's a very important question. Um, so it can be very, various reactions can happen. Um, you can be nauseous, you can get an increase in pain. Increases in pain are some of the most common. And another rule is that magnetic therapy doesn't cause problems, it reveals problems. So like that high intensity system, will take a loop coil and we'll put it over different parts of the body, the neck, the back, the shoulder, the hip, a knee, and see what the body's reaction is. So you have it cranked way up. And if the body says, ouch, 
in three or four different areas, then those are areas that need help. Hmm. And you have to focus on them and generally quiet them down. So then what you do is you start off with a low and slow protocol and gradually work your way up until you've gotten quotes healing. So that could take variable amounts of time based on the reactions. Pain, in, increases in pain is one, is one of the key reactions. Nausea, um, some people get really hyper. Some people <laughs> get like really jazzed up. So one of the side effects I tell people that you can experience with these high intensity systems is you may feel like you should put on a cape. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I say, well, it's okay to have that feeling, but do not try to jump over anything tall. Yeah. <laughs> Even with a magnetic system. Any, anything else besides the increased awareness of pain and nausea? Nausea, pain, dizziness, blood pressure changes can happen in people whose vascular system is very off. So if the autonomic nervous system is really dysregulated, then again, this is something you have to push gently. So people with multiple chemical sensitivity, again, you have to go really low and slow hmm. uh, with those situations. Those are the most common. Um, fatigue, because again, you're pushing the body. So if you're already very tired, you're, you're stimulating the body to do more and the body's not quite is not ready to handle that much stimulation. So again, low and slow. Should you be keeping the cell phone and Wi-Fi router away from you while you're doing this, this treatment? Well, with a very low intensity magnetic fields, typically no, but yes, with certainly with a medium and higher intensity magnetic fields, yes. Um, I had a high intensity system that was treating a, a problem in my back and I had a laptop, I, uh, an Apple, on my lap and the screen froze. Oh, really? So the the app, the computer was probably about that far away from the applicator and the screen froze. It wasn't damaged because I moved it away. The, the screen acted up again. Um, I actually blew a remote control, television remote control with that high intensity system, not even huh. that close. So that was even more sensitive. But yes, iPhones, uh, cell, well, cell phones of any kind, um, uh, magnetic strips, eye watches, they should be at least two feet away from the system, typically. Uh huh. But anything that's likely, anything that has magnetics or electromagnetics associated with it can be interfered with. So don't do it in your kitchen right next to the microwave. Uh, next to the microwave probably won't matter. Oh, really? No, because the, the microwaves are not that sophisticated. But you know, the lower intensity machines that are battery operated, the electronics are much more subtle. And so they're much more likely to be influenced by a bolt. Well, I, I guess my question is, you know, because we know that even when microwaves, when they're not turned on, they still emit an, an, an you know, strong that's, EMF. That's different. That's the EMF, not the right? magnetic. But that is that gonna is that gonna disrupt the the quality of treatment? Right. Forget about the device frying out, oh, but no. it's no, it's not. Not enough. Okay. Okay. In fact, actually, if you're sitting behind or next to a microwave oven and you've got a headache, well, the first thing to do is get yourself away from the microwave oven. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not then you can do magnetic therapy and that'll help you with your headache. I, I want to keep talking to you. I hope you're okay on time because I've got a couple more. I, I'm fine. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what you talked about uh, supplement suggestions in tandem with the treatments. Um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and just assume that that has to do with what minerals um, for, for, for conductivity, not necessarily. Some, some uh, there so in general, 
you need to be hydrated because you're relying on charge production in the tissues and the flow of charges in the tissues. So charges flow better when the tissues are properly hydrated. And blood flows better when you're hydrated. So if you're not hydrated, if you're dehydrated, you're your blood is going to be sludgy. And that doesn't, you don't oxygenate when that happens. So hydration is, is very important. Magnetic fields work through calcium, the calcium in, uh, channels in the body. So you may need to make sure you have enough calcium, that you have enough magnesium. Magnesium and calcium exchange with each other. Does, does that have anything to do with like piezoelectricity in the, in the bones? Uh, well, magnetic fields stimulate electricity like you would with piezo. Because if, if you bend the bone, then you create piezoelectric effects. And that's a mechanical force change. So PEMFs essentially create piezoelectric events in the body. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. But they're, they're stronger than that. Piezo is very weak. Uh, right. Yeah. And we're strong enough to cause muscle contractions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what, what other sort of biohacking, do you like that term? Do you like the term biohacking? Are you a fan uh, of it? Yes, I do. I think okay. that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Okay, cool. Uh, um, what other devices, techniques work really well in tandem with PEMF? Anything. Yeah. So, but I have over the years, because of my interest in general health and I've, I've learned acupuncture and healing techniques and sound therapy, light therapies, and so on. I've worked with lasers. I've worked with ultrasound. Cool. Um, worked with hyperbaric a bit. So all of these things have a benefit. Ozone. Um, and in the book, I talk about alternative therapies that can be used with magnetic fields. And I actually give a chart about when you could use what when. Oh, nice. Right? Because, for example, you don't do magnetic field therapy after you've done homeopathy or aromatherapy. And the reason for that is that they're frequency-based and they're very subtle. And so if you put another uh, frequency-based object next to it, like peppermint, next to a homeopathic remedy, it could bump the remedy because the peppermint is much more powerful than the remedy was. So magnetic fields can interfere with the remedy, the frequency. Huh. So you could do magnetic field therapy um, first, and then you could do homeopathy afterwards. But with most other therapies, it probably doesn't really matter. With a hyperbaric, for example, you could do magnetic field therapy before or after. And basically the person's gonna have to figure out for themselves which way works better. You can't typically do magnetic therapy in, in a hyperbaric chamber because it's the oxygen in the chamber and the possibility of risk of explosion. Yeah. Fires. But HBOT and magnetic fields go well together. Ozone. So almost all of these therapies go well together. Every one of them, like laser and infrared, far infrared, uh, light therapies, they all are very low frequency. I'm sorry, very high frequency. So they don't penetrate very deep. Like microwaves, they don't penetrate that deep into the body. The magnetic field, as I said, goes all the way through. So there will be different effects. You could do an infrared sauna. You could probably even do magnetic field therapy in an infrared sauna. It may not be great for the electromagnetic device, but you know you could do that. Mm -hmm. So you combine all of these things. And one plus one doesn't equal two. Often one plus one may equal 10. Hmm. For example, research has been done with ozone and arthritis of the knee and magnetic field therapy combined with ozone does a better job on the arthritis than either one alone. So combining these technologies can work because they all have different actions. They work differently in the body. 
Hmm. But I've learned over the years, experimenting with, with all this stuff, is that the best value is with the magnetic fields because it goes all the way through the body. Yeah. Now, in a practitioner's office, if they have infrared, if they have laser and so on, in the office setting, you can combine these things in one place because the practitioner already owns it. But if you are an individual and deciding for yourself, because you talk to the infrared people, you talk to the red light people, you talk to the laser people, they all believe you know that what they have is like cat's meow. That's yeah, all yeah. you ever need. But why do they have so many devices in their practices? Yeah, because yeah, because they all work in different ways. They all work in different ways. They have different yeah. benefits and actions. Exactly correct. Oh, that's so cool. So biohacking then is stacking. So, um, so you can stack. So, for example, for sleep, um, I have some sleep issues, and I stack. So I have I have my magnetic necklace. I have white noise. I use delta white noise. Hmm. Right. I do CBD. I do PEA. So I've added these things along the way because to get a complete night's sleep for what my physiology needs i need to stack so magnetic field therapy by itself is not enough and hmm. it's not consistent enough for myself so it works well a good part of the time and when i withdraw the magnetic fields from everything else i'm doing i notice the difference hmm. it's like that is what what i need in my stack if i don't do the cbd i notice the difference if i don't do my magnetic necklace I notice the difference. So this is the stack that I've created. I had to discover on my own for what needs I need to do for biohacking my sleep. Yeah. Well, what's PEA? Palmitoyl ethanolamine. It's a new one on me. What's that? Okay. So it's not peas. <laughs> Let us peas, right? No, PEA, palmitoyl, like palm, like palm of your hand, palmitoyl, O-Y-L, palmitoyl ethanol amide so pea uh, interacts with cbd receptors the the uh, endocannabinoid system it has a cross reactivity with the endocannabinoid system and yet it works on on other receptors as well so cbd and pea work well together they're synergistic and what, yeah, what... A pea is very good for all kinds of things so it's good for sleep it's good for itching it's good for one of the things that's been discovered to be very effective for is itching. Huh. Wow. Cool. I have to look up. I got to go find some more information on PEA now. <laughs> There's quite a bit of research about it now. Cool. I'll check it out. So then, you know, as I, so within, within the motivation to, to really make this accessible to people in the book and to provide them with charts for, you know, different combinations, all that stuff. What, what ultimately is, is your goal? Um, what, what, what would be like the best case scenario for, for how the book is received and how people activate around it? Well, again, because it's practical. So it's, if you're interested in PMFs at all, or you're interested in expanding your awareness of what tools are available to you, because knowledge without application is not very important, not mm -hmm. very useful, because it's not going to make you think better or feel better. Mm -hmm. it, that's not the tool for that purpose. So the purpose then of the book is that if you're aware of magnetic field therapy, so what you can do, I'll give you a link that people can access to look at the 80 condition. 80 health conditions that magnetic fields work for. Awesome. Okay, I'll give you another link where people can actually 
go to and sign up to get on the list for the book when it comes out, which should be out in the next month or so. Excellent. Right. And the third option is that if you're a serious, if you're a person who's serious about magnetic fields and you have a serious need and you're not willing and you're willing to depart with as much money as you need to depart with to get the right piece of equipment for yourself, you can sign up for a consultation with me. So I do half hour consultations. And you, you can go fill out the form, you can apply for the, the consultation and get booked. So if you're likely to, if you're willing to spend over a thousand dollars for a piece of equipment, if you think a $20 machine is going to solve all your problems, right? You're in the wrong place. Yeah. Right. So that's the goal of the book then is to get, is to inform people, help people know people what resources are available and then be able to access consultations if you need to. And then being, you know, you can have, you know, many people already have a machine and I get calls like this all the time. I use this machine and it's not working. I could have told you that. Yeah, <laughs> it should have called me first. Well, too late, too soon, old, too late, smart. <laughs> so, but that's right. But it's better than you know wasting your further time and further money and further pain and aggravation using something that's just not going to work for you adequately. So that's this is where the book and the consultations become very important. Can you give us just a couple, maybe five or so issues that people deal with that this helps treat? Maybe something that people wouldn't expect. Um, well, as I mentioned, pain is one of the key uh, things that people use it for. So if you have backache, uh, again, the magnetic field has to be deep enough to penetrate deep into the back. So it's got to penetrate at least three to four inches, depending on how big you are. Right. So that could be very useful. So you need a, a moderate to high intensity magnetic field to help you with your back. And then again, the book's going to have the guidelines for how you should use it. Um, we, uh, I work with a lot of cancer patients. So magnetic field therapy is not a cure, but what it does is because it works at a physiologic level, has all these physical actions. It basically supports the body to be able to defend itself hmm. against cancer. Uh, breast cancer is a, is a good example. I do a lot of people who have breast cancer. The problem with magnetic field therapy too, is that people often come to it too late. Hmm. You're too far down the road. I had a call just the other day. This person was actually in Korea, and um, she her liver was full of cancer. A year earlier, it was only twenty five percent full of cancer. Now it's eighty five percent. And I said, "Don't bother, because we're going to have to go low and slow, so low and so slow. She's not going to probably be able to get the advantage of the magnetic therapy because mm -hmm. the cancer is so is moving so fast in her body." So in some cases, it's just not going to be uh, that effective. Um, but you have to get the right machine and do it in the right place. So cancer is a key one. We help the body to control the cancer. We don't kill the cancer. And it can work with chemotherapy, can work with radiation, can work with nutrition and supplements. In fact, if you're doing other things for your cancer therapy already, that's great. Because then we start the magnetic fields, then it's going to work even better. Because hmm. nutrition by itself is not enough. You, I, I, my experience with working with cancer as a holistic physician and now with magnetic therapy is you kind of have to pull out the stops, especially if you're beyond a stage one. And in breast cancer, for example, I tend to think holistically and lifelong. Uh, by the time a breast cancer is discovered, 40 to 60% of women already have breast cancer stem cells in their bones. 
Oh my. <clears throat> and research, research knows that women may survive their original breast cancer treatment and then 15 or 20 years later develop bone metastasis. Because they're sitting there resting, but life goes on. Stresses go on. Economic, personal, social, emotional, whatever. And all that, and inflammation. So as we get older, we accumulate inflammation. And inflammation is the root cause of stem cell activation. Hmm. So magnetic field therapy, then if you're doing magnetic field therapy on a regular basis, just for health maintenance purposes, you're much more likely to prevent the stem cells from being activated right. down the road. So you have to have that sort of preventive perspective on, on things. But even though you're buying it for that reason, you're getting all the other benefits of magnetic field therapy. Yeah. For that whole time that you need it, right? So you're turning a, you're turning a basically a, a cancer condition into a chronic condition that's much more manageable. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good advice across the board just to just to get out ahead of it. Yeah. Concussions. How common are concussions, especially in biohackers? I don't know. Well, if biohackers are like like other people we know a guy's name starting with Ben. Yeah. Then they are very very active physically. They're doing all sorts of things, physical things to get their bodies in absolute shape. Yeah. Well, anybody who's doing a lot of running or biking or hiking, uh, physical activity, weightlifting, you name it, who's playing a lot of sports, you're damaging your body all the time. Right? You're creating micro injuries and maybe even macro injuries. And so what you have to do then is you want to prevent the macro injuries, but you also want to be able to heal them much faster. So then if you want to keep doing what you're doing, then you better be helping yourself not to be injured or recover right. much faster. Right. So concussion is very common. And the problem is a, a bang to the head, very innocuous bang to the head can create significant consequences to the brain. You don't have to be a, a professional football player or soccer player doing headers all the time or getting hit with a hockey stick to have problems with concussion. So doctors don't ask people about head injuries. Yeah. Okay, you don't have to have a, a car accident with your head through the windshield. Just a bump to the head on a, on a cabinet is enough to jiggle the brain and cause reactions in the brain that can lead to physical changes. Hmm. And I did, I did a study on magnetic field therapy for people with concussion, and it works extraordinarily well. Wow. The problem with many people with, who do treat for the concussion are treating too short. They're not doing it for long enough. It's, it's got to probably be six months to a year of continuous daily treatment to get the most benefit for concussion. Hmm. So those are three examples of three areas where there's, there is material in the book about, about those. Excellent. So great. Well, this is, this has been such a, an eye-opening. I'm so, I'm so glad that we had this conversation because, you know, PEMF has been in my awareness for, for a number of years. I've not experienced it for myself. I don't, I don't have, uh, apparently there's, there's a, there's a device. Someone else reached out to me and told me that there's a device that's, I think it's like 45 minutes away from me, but I haven't had, you know, I haven't, haven't had anything that's big enough or, or that I'm aware of that I would need, that I would go seek it. Um, but I think I'm going to go make that happen. I'm going to go up and, uh, and, and do some sessions. Cause this, this has really just opened up. There's so many other areas I want to get into, you know, we, we, you sort of like 
dipped your toe into the metaphysical, uh, you know, arena just for a moment there. So, but maybe we'll do a, a part two where we can talk a, a little bit more about metaphysics. Um, but where can people sign up to pre-order the book? Where can they follow along with you online? We will give you the um, link for you. You have show notes, right? Yep. Yep. So there'll be a link in your show notes for the 80 conditions list. There'll be a link in the show notes to get on the list to order the book. You're not obligated. To, you don't have to put anything down. Just get on the list. And the third one is the consultation one, if you want to. Otherwise, another good way to learn about magnetic field therapy is drpawlk.com. D-R-P-A-W-L-U-K.com. There's a huge amount of information there. And the feedback that I get all the time from people who are looking into magnetic field therapy is that this is objective. This is a medical doctor who has a research background who gives you information about magnetic field therapy without saying, I'm going to lead you down the lane and say, this is the only device that you should consider. Yeah. Right. It, you'll have to figure it out. And people get confused by it because there's just so much information. But it, we developed it as a resource. So there's blogs, there's videos, there's an education section, and there's a whole store where you can go look up all these different devices and see what, what their technical characteristics are. I don't, I don't go into like how to use this device for this condition because one of the problems that we have is that I can't make claims because the FDA won't like that. If I say this device for cancer or this device for headaches or this machine for you know, blood pressure, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to see that kind of information there. Your, your web, your web people are very busy people. It is a robust website. There's tons and tons of information. So yeah, I would direct anybody and everybody that's, that's curious to, to go there and learn more. Um, well, I have, I have one more question. It's a fill in the blank question. Uh, so before we, before we take off, if you would please fill in the blank and this can be based on anything, uh, that, you know, in your, in your life experience, and you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Hmm. Well, we could go metaphysical. We could go. (laughs) Whichever, which way. Yeah. Whichever way you like. Everybody would benefit from knowing. Everybody would benefit from knowing. That is a first. (laughs) That's excellent. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Pollock. Well, this this has been such an- You, should, you, probably, you probably should know before you choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't choose before you know. Absolutely. This this has been fantastic. Uh, what a great, you know, we're recording this on a Monday morning. And this has just been a fantastic start to my week. My brain is turned on. I'm, I'm super curious. I, I really appreciate you joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. It's my pleasure. And we're uh, both aiming for optimal performance. Can you ever be, can you ever be optimal when you're in a body? No, 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 you can't. There is no, there's no, there's no finish line. There is like, even when you think there's a finish line, there's no finish line. And um, I, I I tell folks, if we could take another minute. Yeah, please. uh, Between um, up to about age 25, we're like this. The curve is up, right? We're regenerating, we're growing, we're developing and repairing generally a lot faster than we're breaking down. Between 25 and 40, most of the time, unless you're playing for the LA Rams or the Baltimore Ravens, you're, uh, you're going to be relatively flat. So repair and uh, 
repair and uh, maintenance are basically the same. Breakdown and repair are basically neutralized, they're flat. Around age 40, we start to notice our creeks and rapids. And then the curve starts to go like mm. this, right? So what we want, it's impossible to have a flat curve. You're not gonna be flat from 45 to 75 or 45 to 80 or 100. It's not gonna be flat. It's always gonna be some level, some degree of slope. And obviously the um, unhealthier you are, and especially, again, <laughs> maybe biohackers, especially maybe they're biohacking because they know they are putting themselves in harm's way more than others are, <laughs> right? Then the slope can go down. But what we want to do is to raise that slope. And what magnetic field therapy is doing is it's helping you to raise that slope. It's not going to make it flat, but you're raising it. Mm. That's wonderful. So uh, anti-aging by itself right there, it's anti-aging. And aging, my definition of aging is that aging is death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't matter your genetics. Obviously, the better your genetics, the slower you're going to age. But it doesn't matter whether you have excellent genetics or not. You're still going to have all those cuts along the way, tiny little nicks and scratches along the way. Every nick and scratch is going to make that slope go down deeper. And it accelerates, obviously, the older we get. Right, right. Oh, that's well said. Yeah. Well, once again, Dr. Pollock, thank you so much for being thank here you. with me today. Thank you for having me on the show. I look forward to working with your tribe. Yeah.